This is Marshall Davis. Today on the Tao of Christ, I continue my new series of broadcasts entitled The New Pilgrim's Progress, patterned after John Bunyan's 17th century classic, The Pilgrim's Progress. It is an allegorical pilgrimage through the landscape of 21st century American spirituality. Part 7 Truthful Pilgrim left Prosperity Gospel Ministries that very day and walked through the rest of the city of Megachurch. A man called out from behind him, Wait up! Pilgrim turned and recognized a man who had been in the crowd when religious was stoned. If you have come to take me back to Prosperity Gospel to be tried, I will not resist you. I feel bad enough that I did not stand up for my friend. I am at your mercy. Oh no, I recognized you as a companion of religious, but I have not come to arrest you. I have come to join you on your journey. The words and spirit of religious touch me deeply. I want what he has. If you know where to find it, please let me travel with you. I am glad to have a companion. I am already lonely without religious. I will never forget him, and I will never forgive myself for not coming to his defense. There was nothing you could have done. If you had spoken up, your bones would be laying with his under that pile of stones back there. That may be true, but it is also true that my spirit would be in the land of light now. Instead, I walk this way with guilt on my shoulders and sadness in my heart. It is true that you denied your friend. I heard you say three times that you did not know him. But remember the disciple of our Lord, who denied him three times, yet went on to serve him faithfully. You can repent and start anew. Help me, please. Pilgrim's new friend took him by the hand, and they knelt together on the side of the road. Pilgrim wept and confessed that he had been unfaithful to his friend and to the way. When he arose, the burden of guilt had lifted from him. There was also the resolve that if ever he should find himself in the same type of situation, that he would die rather than deny the truth. I do not even know your name, though you have already proven to be more of a friend to me than I was to religious. My name is Truthful. As they walked on together through the city, they passed church after church, each one had billboards in front declaring them to be the most relevant, most friendly, and most welcoming church in the city. They were open 24 hours a day and provided everything from daycare centers and yoga classes to nail salons. One building stood out from the others. It was a tall cathedral made entirely of glass. Etched across the front was its name, Glassminster. A man in a beautiful pulpit robe was standing on the steps of the building with his hands outstretched and a broad smile on his face. He was reciting pithy sayings to passers-by. Tough times never last, but tough people do. Problems are not stop signs, they are guidelines. Turn your scars into stars. The traveler stopped to listen. Those are interesting ideas. Thank you. You two look like you could use a little emotional pick-me-up. Come in and be refreshed. There is more of these inspirational thoughts inside. 
Do not take this the wrong way, replied Pilgrim, for the last time we entered a church it resulted in the death of my friend. Oh no, nothing that negative would ever happen here. We are a purely positive congregation. My mission is to affirm you so that you can be all that you can be. May I ask your name? Of course, I am the Reverend Dr. Self-Esteem, and this is my church. Stretching his arms and beaming proudly, I began preaching in a drive-in theater, and now look at my church. It was designed by one of the most famous architects in the land, and financed entirely by people who wanted it to be all that it could be. To be honest, it looks a little fragile, said Truthful. A rightly aimed stone could bring it all down. That is negative thinking. We can cure you of that. Just come in and listen to some of my pre-recorded sermons. Or read some of my books, available for a small donation. Soon the cloud of negative thinking will disperse and you will see clearly once again. Negative thinking is a problem? Yes, and low self-esteem. The church today is in need of a new reformation, the self-esteem reformation. The problem is that we do not think enough of ourselves. We are always putting ourselves down. I will teach you to pull yourselves up. Pilgrim looked at him askance. Our Lord taught us to deny ourselves. I always thought that self-centeredness, pride, was the problem, not the solution. Oh, no, no, no. That type of backward thinking is the problem. We need to think more of ourselves, not less. Our Lord said, love your neighbor as yourself. We can't love our neighbor unless we love ourselves first and best. That sounds like muddy thinking, not clear thinking to me. I think I will stick with self-denial. You are not thinking clearly, friend. If you listen to your fears, you will die never knowing what a great person you could have been. I think I see pretty clearly right now. And I am seeing that this is not a place I want to enter. Goodbye. With that, they moved down the street. As they walked away, they could hear him calling after them. Let your hopes, not your hurts, shape your future. Pilgrim paused. Actually, that sounds pretty good. Truthful grimace. Don't even think about it. They had not gone far beyond Glassminster Cathedral when they heard loud music emanating from speakers perched upon a building on the right side of the street. It looked like a conference center, but the digital signs out front declared that a Christian worship service was about to begin. Pilgrim sighed. I could use some time to worship our Lord. Let's give it a chance. We can sit in the back, and if it looks dangerous, we can always slip out. Truthful acquiesced. They entered the revolving doors. A crowd of people dressed in all sorts of clothing were milling around. The smell of popcorn was in the air. Candy and soft drinks were available at glass counters. CDs and T-shirts bearing the names of Christian bands were available for sale at booths. Truthful grimaced. Reminds me too much of the prosperity gospel. I think we should leave. Pilgrim shook his head. Let's give it a try. I really need to worship the Lord, even if it is not perfect. They followed the crowds through another set of doors and into a large auditorium with three levels of seating. The floors were carpeted and the seats were cushioned. The lighting was dim, except for the spotlights on the stage where a band was warming up. 
This looks more like a concert than a worship service. As I said, let's give it a try. People flowed in and filled the seats. The band started to play. Screens situated around the auditorium lit up with images. The band leader shouted, Praise the Lord! Are you glad to be here? The crowd cheered in response. Everyone rose to their feet, their hands in the air. Lyrics filled the screens, and the music began. Truthful and Pilgrim were caught up in the moment. They whooped and cheered. They sang with the band. The beat was infectious, and the lyrics spoke of the goodness of the Lord. They smiled at each other. Yes, they were in the right place. After all they had been through, this was exactly what they needed, a place to forget their troubles and get caught up in the adoration of the Father and His Son. The music went on and on. The same lyrics were repeated over and over. Truthful began to have doubts. This might be a 7-Eleven church. 7-Eleven? You mean like the convenience store? No. Songs with seven words repeated eleven times. This feels more like eleven hundred times. Look at the faces of the people. Pilgrim looked around him. People seemed to be in a trance. The hands were raised like toddlers reaching for a parent. Some faces wore blank expressions. Others were grimacing like they were in pain. Some had tears streaming down their faces. This doesn't feel right. The music faded, leaving the audience in a state of receptivity. People waited in expectation. A light went on in Truthful's head. Mind control. This music is designed to induce an altered state of consciousness. A man appeared on the stage. His name appeared on all screens simultaneously. Pastor Showtime. He shouted, God is fun. And the congregation responded, All the time. And all the time, God is fun. Pilgrim was already running down the aisle toward the rear of the building. Let's get out of here. Truthful was on his heels. They reached the doors just as another song began. That was close. That was not worship at all, was it? No, it wasn't. It gave the impression of worship. That was not the spirit at work. That was psychological manipulation, pure and simple. Are there no real churches along the way where we can be refreshed? They trudged dejectedly down the city streets, passing chapels and strip mall fellowships, all trying to imitate the megachurches. Many churches advertised a program called 40 Days of Marketing. One particularly large church with an orange grove in the front yard had a sign that identified it as the market-driven church. An obese man in a Hawaiian shirt was standing at the front door waving for them to come in. What does that mean, market-driven, Pilgrim asked his friend. Truthful's face distorted into an expression of disgust. It means that they will sell whatever the Christian market wants. Their motto is whatever works. It is sometimes called consumer Christianity or designer Christianity. It is very popular and very successful. The pastor that you see in the Hawaiian shirt is named Pragmatist. He is famous and is even on the President's Council of Religious Advisors. This church is more dangerous than the others because its message can sound like the gospel of our Lord, but do not be deceived. 
has nothing to do with the straight and narrow way. It follows the way of least resistance. They walked until twilight, avoiding several obviously fraudulent churches, such as the Dianetics Discovery Center and the Moroni Meeting House. On the outskirts of Megachurch, the travelers approached what looked like a traveling circus. In the dusk of the setting sun, the light shone with a supernatural brilliance. A carnival barker was at the gate, exhorting passers-by to step up and view the miraculous power of God to heal. Do you have one leg shorter than the other? Are you the victim of migraines? God does not want you to be sick. The Lord can heal you tonight. Just step right into the miracle tabernacle. Evangelist Ben Hinney has demonstrated the Lord's power to heal physical, spiritual, and emotional ailments just as the Lord promises in his word. The book does speak about giving believers the power to heal, Pilgrim wondered aloud. Do you think this could possibly be the real thing? Truthful looks skeptical. It could be, but why would God have to do it in a tent, or in any building for that matter? I don't remember that happening in the book. Why not go into the streets of megachurch and heal people? It sounds a little suspicious to me. Perhaps so, but it might be that the Lord is using a different strategy for different times. Let's go in. I've been walking all day and it is late. I could use a little time to rest. At the very least, they could tell us where we could find a bed for the night. There was a long line to enter the tent, and it was moving slowly. The line was filled with people in wheelchairs and on crutches. Some had bald heads from chemotherapy. Others were soldiers who had lost limbs in war. Pilgrim noticed a couple of ushers assisting people as they entered the tent. Occasionally they would ask people to fill out cards listing their names and the type of ailment they had. They offered cards to Pilgrim and Truthful but the companions declined, saying that they were not in need of healing. What they needed was some good Christian fellowship and edification. You will find it here, brothers. The Lord is in his holy tabernacle tonight. I am sure you will see mighty works of God. They were excited at the prospect. Imagine witnessing healing power like in ancient times. I have often wondered why I never see miracles. Perhaps I was just not in the right place. They entered the tabernacle and heard organ music playing. It was not like any church organ they had ever heard. It sounded more like the organ music at a ball game or ice skating rink. It swelled and ebbed with emotion. A woman on the stage had her head back, singing her heart out. A choir swayed behind her. At the close of her song, the crowd cheered, shouting, Amen and Hallelujah. Ben Henney took the stage dressed in a white suit. He yelled into his mic, Are you ready to witness the healing power of the Lord? The audience roared affirmatively. Then Pilgrim and Truthful witnessed the most amazing things they had ever seen. People were overcome with the power of God, falling to the ground under the influence of the Holy Spirit. Luckily, there was always one of the evangelist's assistants, ready to lower them gently to the ground. People were healed. Legs were lengthened. Cancer was cured. Migraines disappeared. Hearing was restored. 
People in wheelchairs stood and pranced around the stage. But Truthful had some doubts. It was always people with invisible ailments that were healed. There was no way to confirm that it was real. What about the amputees? Did the Lord not love them and want to heal them? What about the boy in the wheelchair with a spinal injury? What about the man with the severe burns over his face and arms? If there was anyone in need of healing, it was them. But none of them were brought to the stage. In fact, not one of the people that Truthful and Pilgrim had seen in line was healed. What do you think about these healings, Pilgrim? I am skeptical. I need evidence. I do not see any. In the valley of the shadow of death, I learned a lesson called Occam's Razor. It states that the simplest explanation is the most likely the correct one. If I had to choose between whether God is really healing these people, or that the evangelist and his staff are pretending to heal people, the latter explanation is the most likely. The offering plates were being passed around as the organ swelled and the evangelist crooned, You have seen the mighty power of God tonight the Lord has given. Now it is your chance to give to the Lord. This is too much for me, Pilgrim fumed. The Lord and his apostles never asked for money from those they healed. This is not the Lord's doing. Let's get out of here. Pilgrim had the impulse to overturn the offering plates in anger, but then he remembered what happened to his friend religious, and he thought better of it. I want nothing to do with this place. I would not accept a place to sleep for the night, even if they offered, which I doubt very much they would. I would rather sleep under the stars than under this tent. They left the miracle tabernacle, did not stop walking until the city lights of megachurch were far behind them. You have been listening to The New Pilgrim's Progress. The series is available in book format under the title The Seeker's Journey, a contemporary retelling of Pilgrim's Progress at Amazon.com. You can find my podcast at thedowelchrist.com. You can find my blog at marshalldavis.us. Join me next time for another episode of The New Pilgrim's Progress on the Dow of Christ.